For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What up? This is Robert Ory. Or three pointer. You might know me as Big Shot Bob. To Ory for three. Oh, unbelievable. This guy is off the charts. What's going on, Big Shot Bob? Robert Ory from downtown. Oh, yeah, live on the road from H-Town. I mean, we're not, but he is. It's the, uh, it's the Big Shot Bob podcast. Our last show of the year, B-Dog Brandon I'm Harper. I'm closer to you guys. Uh, yeah, you're inching closer. You're like two time zones closer. closer. You're, you're not quite there yet. Uh, B-Dog Brandon Harper. I'm Rob Jenners. That, of course, uh, hoisting the in-season tournament banner as seven-time NBA champion. Uh, <laughs> Robert Ory. <laughs> A lot of, uh, yeah, we talked about that briefly last week, but uh, with B on the show, I wanted to get his thoughts on that. But we have a ton of stuff to get to. Giannis, Draymond, John Morant, uh, Dylan Brooks, and Ime at it again. Anthony Edward. I mean, dude, there's so much stuff this week. And then we're going to do a, um, we're going to close it out with a Christmas edition of Black Crime or White Crime. <laughs> so all of the crimes Christmas related. So we'll, there you uh, go. Uh, we'll, that's we'll, perfect. we'll do a little holiday Black Crime or White Crime. So uh, thank you for joining us in 2023. What was a crazy. Uh, up and down year for the show. Uh, it started on podcast one. It wrapped on podcast one. It it, it moved over to limbo for a while. Um, uh, we're now over with the the podcast playground, which is one of Shaq's platforms. So, uh, just thank you for everybody who kind of rolled with us through twenty twenty three. It's been a it's been a shuffly kind of year for us. So we're happy to yes. be here. It's the big shot to all those people who keep in touch, and yeah, stay man. in touch, yeah, and like continue it. to stay in touch. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit, where do you want to start? Because, holy crap, we got you know, a lot of stuff. Um, yes. Up to you. Let's start Let's start with the best thing, Ja return to the NBA. Okay, let's let's start yeah. with uh, let's start with Ja Moran. I'm going to play this for you as we get started. So uh, here's a little bit of audio to, uh, to talk about. Who's left? Nope, that's the wrong piece. Here's the right one. Memphis, no timeouts left. Into the backcourt it goes. Moran's going to get ahead of Steve with a chance to win it in his return. Here goes Moran. He's That was a hell of a moment. He gets the game winner in his first game back for the Grizzlies. For me, when you watched him, you can tell he was so excited in the first half that he wasn't himself. But in that second half, he kind of settled into himself and went back to being Ja, who always say he could be MVP, he could be one of the faces of the NBA. And let's, let's face it, the guy is freaking talented. He's extremely good. We just hope his his mental is right, but we know his game is right. But we got to get that mental right, and you know we love Washington. I know he's my son's favorite player, so you know, welcome back, Ja, and well, and way to come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing we know, you know, Ja didn't forget how to play basketball, no matter how long he was out. Mm-hmm. Um, and what also helps is the fact that you know, you know, what people wondered about his conditioning. I know there were some moments on the sideline where, you know. You could tell that he was just trying to get back into, you know, game shape, you know, taking a breather and things of that nature. But Jaws really, really, really young. So it's not going to take him long to get back into game shape. Um, I think it was really cinematic, the fact that it's your first game back. You know, obviously you're still the man on this team. You know? Clearly. And mm-hmm. so <laughs> the ball goes to you regardless if you've been playing the whole season or you missed 25 games. Um, and I just think you saw, you saw the bounce, you saw the eagerness, you saw the excitement. Um, and we'll see what kind of run this Grizzlies team can go on now that he's back. Obviously he's a huge piece and he affects everything. I still think that Steven Adams piece is going to be, you know, really big. They're That's really missing that. Yeah. Cause Jaron Jackson Jr. I don't know where he is. Um, he was, there, he was he there last night. 
Or night before, was whatever it? night it was. Yeah, it was the was 24 it? and 11 or something. I don't know. You sure they didn't put out an APB for him? <laughs> <laughs> because last time I checked, he was a defensive player of the year award winner, right? Well, yeah. 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 You should be, yeah, you where's should that be with Ja. Yeah. You should be with Ja as those two. Y'all should be them two. Like when you're out or you're not playing well, and that's probably why this team ain't looking good because Jaron Jackson Jr. is not affecting the game enough. I think with that part, when you look at pieces around you, and when I look at Triple J, job makes Triple J better. Because let's face it, Triple J, is <clears throat> he's not a post-up player. He's more of a shoot three and block shots from the weak side and get, you know, putbacks. With Ja in the game, Ja's going to take up that big man role, meaning scoring points in the paint. Now that allows him to be who he wants to be, a guy who shoots threes and roam and, 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 and he, and and do what he does with uh, without contact. So with Ja being back, Ja's also a willing passer. I don't think the other guys on the team can pass as well as Ja. So when you don't have your Batman, you know, Robin looks like, okay, I'm not dark, I'm not dark wing, I'm not dark knight, I'm not anybody without Ja. So I think Ja's gonna make him a, a, a more consistent player. Yeah. Robin's just Robin without Batman. He's just Robin. <laughs> He, he doesn't get his own show. <laughs> no, hell no. Not unless you go off on your own and you try to be your own Batman. Uh, I, I, I really hope for John Morant that this 25 games gave him a chance to kind of take some things into account and just go, hey, look, you know, I mean, because obviously you saw it, the enthusiasm he has for the game, how much he loves to play. When the electricity is big and what what's going on? What are you yelling at your wife for? Her she has a ring off? and it keeps going off. Oh, see, now this is where she's got to get the education. In podcast world, you got to put your phone on silent. Yeah. You, you can still check it and read it, but you just got to turn the ringer off. Um, you see, somebody says, it's the Christmas jingles. It is the Christmas jingles, and which is, yeah, uh, everybody's got the Christmas jingles this time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I like, it was so nice to see the excitement the enthusiasm out of him the big smile on his face after he won the game and it's like you you have to take that into account kind of keep that in your pocket and go this is what you love like this is why you love the game of basketball you're good at it it's fun you you, obviously it's in your veins let's let's try to clean up the off the court shit man like like just let's not do this again yeah but the wild part is about how about is like this play his teammates were like Yay, Jaws back. It's amazing when you get your superstar back, how much an injection, energy man. that gives to the yeah. other players, man. They were like so excited to have him back. So yeah. I'm that's I'm, I'm, I'm really like. interested to see what they can do. What should they be? Yeah, I mean, that's how it's supposed to be. Now, yeah. I think I don't know if that's their seventh win or so. I think something like that, maybe. Seventh um, or eighth. They got a they got a heck of an uphill battle uh, to climb. But um, we'll see what type of, you know, basketball is a game of runs, not only on the floor, but in the standings. Yep. Um, So we'll see how many games they can kind of string together. That was their seventh win. Yeah. yeah. They're seven and 19 as of this morning. So they got a, they got a hill to climb. They're right now. They're the 13th seed. Um, So they, they got a, they got a little bit of a mountain to climb here. Well, hell let, let's be honest. The way the Lakers on the downslide after the in-season tournament, well, they could probably catch them. Let's see. Where are the Lakers at? Where are the Lakers at right Probably now? seven. Uh, eight. 15 and 13. They're at the eighth seed right now. You're a play-in team at the moment. Oh. They, they, they allowed the Spurs to yes. end their losing streak. Who who are four and 22. Spurs have won four games. But, hey, that goes to show you the impact of Anthony Davis. <laughs> but you get it, and I'm not giving them an excuse, but they didn't have three starters that game. And I don't think they took, you know, the Spurs smell, you know, chum in the water and just ate them alive. Yeah, just man. Went, to, so, went to town. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, does that, let me ask you a question about the Spurs. We, we, this isn't on the sheet, but it just popped in my head. Does that affect, if they're, if they're that bad, they've won four games so far this year. Now they're not the Pistons. <laughs> <laughs> who have lost, I think, 24 straight at the moment or something like that. Yep. It's it's mm-hmm. it's almost inconceivable how bad De- Detroit's losses have been. Um, is Does it, does it hurt Wembenyama's chances at rookie of the year if his team is that bad? I, I think so. 
Uh, I, I, if you look at, you know, past history of guys who've won rookie of the year, they made an impact where the teams were at least like, you know, way better than they were the previous year. I think they have a worse record now than they did last year. And so I, I, that's going to hurt him. That's what it's going to make him. If him and Chet have the same numbers and Chet's on a playoff team, it's going to go to Chet. And so, you know, and that's only two guys really that's vying for it. But, but it also goes down to fanfare and how much hype. You know, if you really think about it, Chet is not getting any hype. You know, it's all about Wimbledon. All about Wimbledon. He's, you know, he's a fan favorite. Everybody's talking about him. And for me, I like his style of play. I like the way he plays. But when you're on a team that's that bad, you know, you need to be averaging 25 points a game. And your teammates need to be coming to you more because you suck. And so you got to get your numbers. And it's too many nights that other players on that team think they're the stars of this team and they try to get buckets and do it. No, he should be getting 30 touches a game. And out of those 30 touches, he should be getting 20 shots. And so you got to use him, and they're not using him, I don't think, in the right way. Okay. OKC right now, for what it's worth, uh, 17 and 8, right right now the two seed in the West. So, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you, you look at the difference there, you know, in four games versus 17. And the way Chet's been playing, by the way, just great. Just exceptional every night. I mean, he, he, he's got, got some off nights, but, man, anytime I've, I've, I've watched anything from OKC, he's just been, he's been great. He's been a difference maker. Yeah, he— yeah, him and Shea over there. Oh, my God. You just talk about so much young talent over there at Oklahoma the City. two of them, yeah. And, you know, you, it's crazy because you almost forget that Chet didn't play his rookie season because he broke his leg. Yeah. Um, The way that he – the way that he moves, you know, especially at the size that he's at, I think he's, what, 7'2"? Yeah, something like that. Um, You know, I know we talk about Wimby being 7'4 and everything like that, but the way Chet moves as well – kind of put him in that category you know when it comes to how he moves with the ball you know how he moves on the floor uh he has very uh guard-like skills at his size um but at the same time he's you know can post up like a big man in the way the big man is, is supposed to um he he's rookie of the year right now and for the simple fact that his team is in the mix oh, like they're, they they're are selling yeah yes they are excelling yeah and so yeah he's he's got to be there Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. the word. The JCPenney Friends and Family Sale is back, and this week we're passing the savings on to you. Use your extra 30% off coupon to prep your home and style your family for Easter. That's extra savings on top of our great low prices. Plus, share your coupon with everyone you know and love. It's always better when we save together. JCPenney. Make everybody count. Offer valid 311 through 317. Exclusions apply. See store or jcp.com for details. Draymond currently serving. Oh, Lord. Did you think that that warranted a suspension that hit, by the way? It didn't look, it looked, uh, it's so hard to tell. And I've watched it from like five different angles. When the arm goes up, it, it, it almost felt like the, the motion of his arm going up was unintentional. But the way it kind of leaned forward like a slap felt extremely intentional. So I'm really on the fence on that. I'm, you know, from being a basketball player, and you know, usually every every basketball player has probably done that motion, yeah, but not to that extent because Draymond, he tried to say he was holding him. Every player touches a player when you're going out for a screen like that, and it was nothing, you know, malicious in this thing. But what Draymond did was very malicious, and you know, Draymond got to understand, like, dude, you do this all the time, so if everybody does what you do when you holding, you know, you'll be fighting Matt. And so I, I think the suspension was was right on point because you you, you have to – I said this a while back when you punched Jordan Poole. I said, you got to stop this monster before it grows into a bigger monster. And I think he's got to a point where he thinks he's like, okay, 
two-game suspension, I make so much money, that ain't nothing. But now, you know, when you got teammates telling me, telling you you got you got a problem, you need help, and I, I'm, I'm cool with the suspension. I'm cool with the NBA trying to get the brother help. Because, you know, let's face it, even though the Warriors won last night, they're a different team with Draymond. And so they, they're entirely contented with Draymond. But Draymond, he, you know, for the protection of other players in the NBA, he needs a little help. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They suspended him indefinitely, right? Yeah, right. several weeks, I think, is the yeah. standing. I think they said three weeks is what they're what they're rolling with. But he's got to complete yeah. a counseling program, which I think he started, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday, the day before. Um, and he's got some he's got some things, some check boxes he's got to hit in order to qualify to come back. And so, yes, more or less, it's an indefinite until the NBA feels like he's done enough to to sure. warrant a return. I'm not I'm not sure because I don't know what type of counseling. Um. I tend to agree with what Ryan Clark said about this. I don't think he needs counseling um, because usually that's reserved for, you know, people, you know, it's not like he has any off the court issues or he has any issues to where, you know, he's dealing with abuse of women or things of that nature. Sure. He's got a on the court self-control issue. He's got an on-the-court self-control issue. Mm-hmm. Well said. He he just needs to he he just needs to calm down. He's got to relax. He runs hot. <clears throat> he runs hot. He's got to relax. Now I, I'm of the belief that you know I didn't know they were going to put a number to his suspension, but I was like he should have got 25 games. Um, because he's a repeat offender. Yeah. Well, this is and second when, suspension this season. This season, yes, this season, and so, yeah, he nah, he he got to relax, he got to chill because here's the thing: you're doing nothing but hurting your team, and we know how important Draymond is to the Warriors, especially defensively. You know, a lot of things run through J- Draymond. I know we got Steph, and I know we got Clay, but there are a lot of things that run through Draymond: the ball movement, the flow of the offense, all of that, and the fact that he can't seem to get himself under control for the sake of his team, even if it's not for himself. But for the sake of his team, we keep dealing with this over and over and over and over again. And guess what? It ain't just Draymond's fault. This is Steve Kerr's fault, too. Because I think some of this is the fact that Steve has kind of glazed over this a little bit. You know, Draymond is who he is. Draymond this, Draymond that. At some point in time, regardless of how fond you are of a player and how much he contributes to the success of the team, you got to realize that, you know what? Nah, bro, we got to get you. You got to go right now. I got to get you away because you're doing things that are harming this team. Yeah, I love you. Yes, I understand what you do for this for this organization, but you got to go. And I think Steve Kerr could have taken that bull by the horns earlier and been like, nah, we're not having this. And it's now it's turned into a league issue. You know, I totally agree with you that. And, and I, you can go even further with that, you know, not even just with the punch of Jordan Poole. You can talk about the the refs. You think about this, how many times that he curses refs out and they give him a tag and they let him do a lot of antics that, you know, they don't let other players do. And when you nip stuff in the bud and realize, oh, you can't do that anymore, boop, you know, you're out of here, boop, go over to the bench. That's going to start affecting, you know, Steph and Clay. And, uh, and I hate the fact that when people – kind of blame Clay for not, and Steph for not being a leader. Like, you can only do so much for people. It's like you can tell them and talk to them until he's blue in the face. But if they just, in that role of being a, a monster like Draymond's been on the court, you can't control him. So when that's that's not fair to Steph. That's not fair to Clay. You know, the only one that can really control that beast, like you said, is Steve Kerr and management because they need to bring him into the fold and say, yo, you cannot be doing A, B, and C. If you do this, we're going to have to do a, a in-house suspension. We're going to protect the team because at the end of the day, we want other players to come play with aging guys because if we don't get people to come in and play with us, we're not going to be able to get, you know, back to the goal of winning a championship. And for me, that's the, they have to, they have to keep them under control. And I don't know, you know, if it's if it's, it's if it's going too far. Did did they resign him yet or no? 
Yeah, he got his so, yeah. extension. Yeah. What was it, four years? Four years, $100 million. Yep. Okay, yep. see. Yeah. And now you got you, you stuck with that problem yeah, no, for this a while. Is your, if you're not happy monster. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm and gonna... I was of the notion that one of the punishments should have been possibly looking for a trade partner because – Well, that's what the rumors are now. You can't – it's one thing to deal with this when you're at a younger age, but to still deal with this – and you're older at some point in time, you got to, if you're Joe Lacob um, and you're the front office and I don't know where Steve Kerr sits, you know, when it comes to this, but you got to start possibly looking to see, you know what? We had a heck of a run, but we can't continue to deal with this. We can't deal like you, you, you go into each season thinking that Dray Draymond is going to at least be suspended one time. Yeah, you got to bank on him missing anywhere from 10 to 15 games a year. That's crazy. Just, just not even for injury, just based on suspension and fines. Yeah. That's crazy. And so my thing is season after season after season after season, and the older you get, it's one thing if you're younger and you're still productive and you make it more difficult on management to have to deal you because you're still young, you're still productive. I'm still getting a level of play from you that is above, um, above requirement, but you're older now. And you're still involved in this foolishness. You make it a lot easier, but your contract makes it hard. You know, who wants yeah. to pick up the remaining years and, and money three, on that contract? Three more years and 75 mil, whatever's out mm-hmm. there. Yeah. So they might be. Stuck. Well, right and now. That's fine. I mean, that's the issue. The betting favorites are the Lakers. Lord Jesus. And the Mavericks. Those are your two. Now, again, that's not to say that either of those teams have even picked up a phone. Those are the betting odds as the two teams at the front that would make a move. For Draymond Green, that ain't that ain't who the Lakers on the phone for. I tell you that right now. <laughs> hey, you know what the weird part is? If Draymond's with Dallas, Dallas becomes freaking All of a sudden, good. Yeah, man. Luca, yes. Kyrie, Dre. Yes, because yeah. he can be that enforcer those guys need. And uh, but, and then you, it's, you're gonna have to give up a shooter though, probably. But I think I don't know who they would give up. But you know, um, is Tim Hardaway Jr. over there? Yeah. He would be but, part of that deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's the guy that went from starting now that doesn't even touch the floor? Um, I can't because oh. Lively is taking all his minutes. See, I can't even remember his name. He'll get no burn no more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know yeah. What you're about. Yeah. <laughs> See, so you can't it's, yeah, I know. Name. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It's a big problem. <laughs> so I guess for he was me, always the, he was the guy getting the lobs and the dunks and the blocking shots. Now he can't even touch the floor. <laughs> yeah. With the, with the Draymond Green thing for me. I'm gonna. I'm. You guys both took it a little bit step further. I'm gonna take it one additional step further. In that, do you remember when Luke Walton was coaching the Warriors, mm-hmm. and everyone for the interim period when Steve Kerr was wasn't there, um, everybody thought Luke Walton was like the next coming, right? And then all of a sudden he goes to L.A. and he just does it doesn't track because when you're the head coach of the Golden State Warriors, life's pretty easy. Um, Steve Kerr has won four titles in Golden State and has been lauded as a great coach. And he is a good coach. Don't get me wrong. I'm not not trying to crap on Steve Kerr here. This might be, I think, one of the first really big coaching decisions that Steve Kerr has had to deal with in the sense that it's easy sometimes to sit back and just let your superstars be superstars. And do the, to maybe a lesser extent, the Phil Jackson approach of, I'm just going to make sure everybody on the team gets along and I'm going to let, I'm going to try to give them a system and I'm going to let them be stars. You have, you are Steve Kerr. You have to get a hold of this. You have to get a hold of it probably at the start of the season, which clearly did not happen. But now with the way it's gone, you can't sit at a press conference if you're Steve Kerr and go, yeah, yeah, you know, uh, Draymond, he crossed the line. It's probably a warranted suspension. And then not do a damn thing about it. You have to put sign. I don't know what it is, but you got to put something in place that gets the reins on this thing before this starts to chip away at the foundation of your team. You already skated that with Jordan Poole. You're lucky you got through that the way you got through that. You obviously lost a great player in Jordan Poole, too, because that was never going to come back together. So I guess how how much further down the line can this go before this is 100% on Steve Kerr's head? Yep. Steve Kerr's, you know, management, it's, it's, 
is because really if, 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 yeah. if the ownership comes back to him and says, we got to move Draymond Green because you did not get a hold of this. <laughs> now this is yeah. really starting to become less of a, of a Draymond issue because we know who Draymond yeah. is and how he plays. We just talked about that. This is going to start to become a Steve Kerr issue. I, I want to know how many times have Steve Kerr sat in the GM's office and said, hey, what are we going to do about this problem? You know what I mean? Because sometimes you can, as a coach, you can be like, yo, I need to handle this problem. No, 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 we got it. He said, we, you know, we good, you know. So I, I want, I, I'm not going to put it totally on Steve yet, but I will put it on management because they are the bosses. They are Steve Kerr's bosses. And so they are the ones, you know, should step up and say, you know, this is this is what's going on. Maybe someone who used to be the GM saw this writing on the wall. That's why they deuced it up. <laughs> see, see, here's the thing. And this is these are the type of things that and 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 Rob, I, I'll go back to it. I'll go back to a coach that, you know, that you had in L.A., you know, who had some success and who had a ton of success in Chicago and a ton of success with you all. Phil Jackson, mm-hmm. these type of instances make you realize how great of an overall coach Phil Jackson was, because these are the type of egos times three that he had to deal with. Probably in more Chicago, than that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And in L.A. Yeah. Now he had it easier in L.A. Maybe a little easier, but Chicago. my thing is, yeah. But Chicago was a <laughs> Chicago was a madhouse. Well, especially we got to see a lot of that in the last dance too, though. Like there was a yeah. lot of curtains pulled in that. That was like for me, even as a yeah, Bulls, I, as a fan of the Bulls in the '90s, I was just like, oh my god, I didn't know all that crap was going on. Because there's no social media, so it was right. no social media back then, so you couldn't know, you you wouldn't know the details. You but know? but these are the things where you look at it and it's like it's not about just X's and O's. This is about managing egos. Oh yeah. And Draymond Green is a handful to deal with in itself. Dennis Rodman was a handful to deal with in himself. Michael Jordan ego couldn't fit through any door. He walked through Scotty even. And, and some of that played off of the Jordan stuff. So, right. Yeah. You have to, you're, you're a, you are as much a psychiatrist as you are a head coach. Yep. You know, and you're not, much a you're you're a personnel counselor, and not every coach can do it because you have to realize that in order to get the the maximum effort out of guys, you got to know how to deal with them. Yeah, no, not everybody yeah. would have known how to deal with Dennis Robin. How do I go get Dennis Robin out of Vegas? How <laughs> that was a fun sequence. Actually, I really enjoyed watching that whole thing unfold in Last Dance. I want to. How go- do I do? De- I want to go back and rewatch Last Dance now. Now we're talking about this. How do so I deal much. with? Yeah. How do I deal with Michael Jordan up and having a press conference and saying, "You know what? I think I'm retired from basketball. I'm, I'm gonna go play baseball for a couple of seasons yeah. or a season and a half." He did a hell of a coaching job during that time because they still got to the Eastern Conference Finals. They did. Yeah. These are the type of things that I look at and I look at coaches from the past who had superstars, and I'm like, you can appreciate them a whole lot more because not only did they do a hell of a job from an X's and O's perspective? They did an even better job of managing egos and managing personalities so that you could get the maximum effort from these guys. Yeah. Everybody can't do it. And I'm not saying Steve Kerr can't do it because he's had to deal with some things. But this Draymond thing, we deal with this every season. Somehow, some way, in some oh, yeah. shape, it's, form, or fashion. It's the same story. I, I should just leave it on the show sheet because we talk about Draymond's suspension rarely gets lifted from our, our topics list, it seems like. It's it's ridiculous. And he, he'll sit there and say, you know, oh, you know, it was it's not intentional. It's, it's like, bro, yeah. after so many times, nobody's listening to you. Yeah. I know. It's just not. So let me ask you another coaching question then, since we're in this realm. If you are Ime Udoka and you have a very verbally hot-headed player like Dylan Brooks, don't you need to be the level-headed guy in that equation instead of letting him? And like, it's almost like you, you pour fuel on the fire by getting into the middle of his shit that Dylan Brooks is starting on the court half the time. And it's like, for me, when I saw the Dylan Brooks and Emei thing came down, they both got fined. I think Dylan got, hold on, I have the numbers on the sheet somewhere. Dylan got like uh, 35 grand, 25 grand. What was it? Where to call you? 35,000 for employing inappropriate language towards game officials. 
uh, and publicly criticizing the officiating. And then Ime got 25 grand for directing inappropriate language at a game official uh, with 38 seconds left in the game against Milwaukee. <laughs> I'm like, bro, you need to be the guy that's like pulling him back, not the guy that's shoving him further into the into the melee. Hey, it's it's almost like he's like I see myself in Dylan Brooks, so I'm aligning and attaching myself with Dylan Brooks. And and, and for me, I don't know what Eme is doing. It's like, are you trying to become, you know, respected by the younger guys? So they'll be like, okay, we want to go play for the Rockets because Eme got our backs. You know, I don't know what he's doing, but I, I look at you know the suspension. Well, I mean, I said the, the, um, Dylan Brooks getting kicked out. On this case, I'm on Dylan Brooks' side because it wasn't a flop. The guy clearly pushed him, and the ref called the flop. But you got to learn how to control your emotions because right now you're going down a Draymond Green path. Yeah, you're going on that path where and you're not as talented, say, and you don't have as many rings, and you don't have his contract. Yeah. So <laughs> they're gonna, they're gonna, and you already call yourself Dylan the villain. So you got this persona that's out there now, and they're gonna be like, okay, you want to be the villain? You already said we can do it. We're going we gonna to make you pass Rasheed Wallace before this year is up, <laughs> you know, in text. And so and I, I think with Dylan Brooks, he's going to have to say, take away his, his tough guy image and the interviews on how he does everything because he's setting himself up for, you know, a Draymond role where he's going to be in a, a, a significant game and they need him and need his talents, his defensive skills, and he's going to get tossed and everybody says, this is from your past and what you've been doing, so – I'm so sick and tired of uh, Dylan Brooks. Too. Oh no, we're not even talking about Dylan. I'm just more talking about what Emay's doing to handle this thing. Because now it's yeah, now it's nothing. really problem for me. It's it's again. This is going down the road of this is this is becoming detrimental to the head coach. Yeah, he ain't doing nothing. Because my thing is, but why not? <laughs> I don't. You know? I, I I can't really. I can't really pinpoint who Emay is right now, um, or what type of coach that he is. Um, I know he had the success in Boston. Um, but can I, can I, I say, though, this feels a lot different than who he was portrayed as in Boston. Well, yeah, because now he's – I think because you had the team that you had in Boston and it was more of a veteran team, now yeah. you go from the, you go to the opposite end of the spectrum. All your guys are young. Yeah. Like Dylan Brooks is a vet on that team. Yeah, like which which says he, a lot. Yeah, he ain't, this is your leader in the locker room. Yeah, oh who god, the hell is he leading? Oh, yeah, and him and Green. That's why they brought Green in. Who? Who? Look, Draymond. I mean, I mean Dylan Brooks. You got me saying Draymond. They wanted to say split the death, man. Dylan, Dylan ain't leading me nowhere. No, hell no. Mm-mm. You know, I. So my thing is. It's tough for him now. Now he's gonna he he has more of a coaching job to do with his young team because now you can't you can't necessarily hide behind veteran presence because you don't have any. You don't have no. Tatum. You don't have uh, Brown. You don't have those guys. Marcus Smart, all that. You don't have yeah. them. Yeah, that's just. And I I feel like though like when you have a lot of young, especially young guys. God, you got to be level-headed. You got to give them direction. You got to help them. You can't be the guy that's kicking. The, the bucket over into the fire every time, man. Like when, when yeah. you know, we saw it with him and LeBron. When he started getting chippy with LeBron, what does that accomplish? What does that teach your guys? It's okay to get out there and chirp at arguably yeah. the greatest guy to ever pick up a basketball? Get out there. Call him an asshole. Go nuts. Yeah. You know? What does yeah, it show the, these You guys? know, for me, though, and if you look at this Rockets crew, putting Brooks aside, they got a very smart team. They got a very manageable team. They got teams. They got players that are smart. They got guys who know how to play the right way. And they got guys who don't rock the boat. And so and now all of a sudden, you know, these are young, impressionable guys. Now if they see their coach doing this stuff, will it leak over into them and say, well, yeah. coach doing it, Dylan doing it. This is how we're supposed so to play. Maybe I this guess. is the way. Yeah, yeah. But this is hoping this is not the way. You can go back to those old days with we're trying to uh, beat Swaggy Pistons, P man. In, yeah. in Washington, and and this is how and this is how those guys went. You know, with McGee. Think about this. That Washington crew, they were always in trouble, and this is kind of led down to why everybody thought McGee was a knucklehead when he's not. He's a he's a he's a crazy wild player who I love, 
but that image was portrayed on them because of all the crazy shit that went down in Washington and made all these players have this certain image yeah. to the league and to the people who watch the league. When some of these guys weren't like that, it was just what the image of Washington portrayed. So I don't want this to happen to these guys in H-Town because they they some good players. They're they young, they're talented, and I don't want that image to be betrayed on them because they're, they're too good of a player, especially Shagoon. Shagoon is a freaking monster. Really? And they're not they're playing well. They're not mm-hmm. playing terrible basketball. I think they're like 13 and 11 or something. They're they're mm-hmm. hanging over 500. They're a mid-range seed right now. So you're for a young squad that I don't think anybody really had a lot of expectations for. They're hanging in. So like Ime, get get a hold of this thing, man. You know, you you have something that can work here. But it's like it's just I don't know, man. Yeah. It's just um it's a lot of different stuff from him this year that I've just never seen from him as a head coach, it's just hey, it's stuff I'm just not used funny to. With part, him. I don't think he may say one word when I played with him in the Spurs. And I don't think I'm I, like, Dude. I don't remember outside of the Nia Long shit. I don't remember a single story about him in Boston. I don't remember anything about him getting wild or loud or or fuel on the fire. None of that. It was just like he was quiet. He was collected. He got that. He got the job done. He let his team. I mean, but again, a lot of that has to like you said has to do with the team he had. But hey, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I don't remember having one conversation with Emay. I remember one time he said something. I had said what because he was talking too damn low. So that's the point. <laughs> that was part it. Now. <laughs> that's it. All right. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. All right, well, look, uh, there's a couple other things on this list we're going to get to here. Uh, I don't know if we want to talk about this because we're a little bit removed from it. Uh, the Giannis game ball thing from last week. <laughs> we're about we're about a week removed from it, so it's not like it's breaking news. But when he was – I've just – it's – for me, it, it, it's almost like one of the pettiest things I've ever seen in my life as far as the NBA stories go. I want the game ball. No, we're going to give it to a rook. Oh, you already have it? Oh, okay. Well, we think – He's out there going, I don't even know if I have the game ball. I know what the game ball felt like, and I don't think that this is it. Who the hell says some shit like, like, Rob, do you know the game ball? Like, if you somebody handed you, is this the no. game ball? Would you know? Not, not unless it has, like, we used to put, like, a little X on it uh, because Phil would take the um, the needle and let some of the air out of the ball. So Phil told that us. Was uh, damn, uh, Shaq told us that. Yeah, and so that's the only reason. So, to, you know, but other than that, you wouldn't know. They all, they all round. They all round like, I know what the game ball felt like. It didn't feel like the game ball. Yeah. yeah. What? So no. All right. So we're not gonna talk about that. Um, how uh, B dog? You were not here last week. How do you feel about the Lakers hoisting an in season tournament banner to the rafters of crypto? Because we touched on it. Rob didn't seem to mind it too much, if memory serves me. But uh, it's been getting slaughtered online. <laughs> slaughtered. It's like the Knicks hanging the banner of like the artists that sell out Madison Square Garden. You know what I mean? It's just been getting killed. Um, How do I feel about that? I thought about it. And the crazy part about it is I knew it was going to get killed. And one, I knew they were going to raise the banner. Um, Because people are still right they're still killing him for the the bubble title um it, I, I'm, I'm torn i'm split on one end i can understand why they, they they rose it because it's i mean it's a tournament it's it's part of it you want it 
But then on the other side, I'm like, it's something about being a story franchise like the Lakers where that shouldn't be raised. That like that 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 pales in comparison to every other banner that you have up there. And every team, I can see somebody like Indiana Ray. Like if they would have won Indiana Ray's, absolutely. They don't have a history of this. But to raise that banner up in comparison to all these other banners that are up, it feels weird. It looks weird. It just, something about it doesn't sit right. Even though I get it, 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 it just feels weird. It really does. Well, I, I think because it's the first one and there are probably going to be many more. So when you're the first to do something, it always seems a little weird. So I think in the NBA is really trying to say this is what's this is how it's gonna be from here on out. So I think they're gonna they're gonna continue to do that in whatever arena there is. And I just think when they do it, you got two sides of the arena. Put down on the other side. Because <laughs> yes. that's not the same don't thing. Hang as, you know, the, yeah, don't hang it yeah, next to the yeah, don't hang it next to the championship banners, man. Yeah. I don't I don't mm, need to see that next side. to the three peats. I don't need to see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because if you're a player and you never win a Larry O. Do you get to put on your resume in-season tournament champion? <laughs> like, is that going to get you to the hall one day? No, it isn't. It, it, it's an accomplishment. I'm glad you did it. It's cool. We had fun with it. It was a new thing. Why? Why the bad? Like, it, that's that. at no point is anybody going to be okay with if the only thing we win this season is the in-season tournament. It was a good season? <laughs> I, I I need to go to the Lakers. Uh, practice facility and see where they put the trophy because you know, in Jeannie's uh, office, she has all oh, the well, yeah, all the NBA, yeah, all so the Larry O's it. in the back. Yeah, you can see it from the practice. Court. If it ain't up there with the Larry O's, then why is there a banner in the rafters? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's gonna be in the closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, just, just off to the side, it's over here. Somewhere. People like to look at it. Um, did, did you take anything out of I'm gonna play a clip from um, Ant Man, uh, Anthony Edwards. Uh, and I wanted I wanted to get your guys' take on it because I feel like I wanted to play the full clip. This is from Complex. I feel like people have taken the headline here and sort of spun it a little wildly out of control, like the internet is professional at doing. But I wanted to give you the I wanted to give you as much of the clip as I could. Uh, here's here's Ant Man. Who's left out there that you see and you like? Nah, I gotta get him. I gotta cook this person. Everybody for real. <laughs> I always try to do that versus, versus LeBron, but it never goes. <laughs> it never goes as planned because they always double team me. So it was. I think that I always try to like cook LeBron because I know everybody. You know, he's the That's best the time to do it. Yeah, he's the best player in the league right now. So he's been the best player for a long time. So, so the headline got spun. Anthony Edwards wants to cook LeBron James, and then everybody ran wild with that. And I feel like when I'm listening, and I listen to back through to a lot of that interview, I feel like there is a lot of respect on LeBron in that, that is being left out of the story that is now circulating around Anthony Edwards wanting to try and cook LeBron James. Like, I figure if you're LeBron, isn't everybody trying to cook you every time you pick uh, up the yeah. ball? Because you're the greatest player to ever play, probably. You're, if you're not, yeah. you're in the conversation of two or three guys. Isn't everybody you know, giving you everything they have every time? It's it's amazing because every player came in and said, "Oh, I want to." He didn't use the same words. Cook he said, "Oh, I want to beat," you know, MJ. That same thing is saying Cook. You know, and I think the people they always trying to have some type of controversy. I'm sure LeBron knows that this is nothing, and it's like when you want to be the best, you got to take out the best. And so I look at this as just you know some BS that they're they trying to cause clickbait, you know, what you want to say. To me, it's nothing. It's just, you know, what every player should be saying. Like, if I'm a, if I'm a two-guard, I want to cook, you know, Clay Thompson. I want to cook Steph Curry. I want to cook Ant-Man, you know, because you, you three guys are guys that I look up to and think are the best at that position right now. So every player should want to cook whoever's considered the best in their position. We all work in media. <laughs> so we we, we, we understand don't. that the headlines are always going to get spun out of control because that's what leads to the clicks. If if you if you worded it in a, a way in which it fit the actual interview, you probably wouldn't have got as many clicks as you would have wording it the way that you actually did. <laughs> yeah, that's, true. that's that's you know that's media one on one. So I mean, and even if it was worded wrong, 
is still right because he would love to cook LeBron. That's the attitude that you want to have. Of course. That's where I'm confused by the way it's being spun. Like people, oh, he's disrespecting LeBron James. And I'm like, <laughs> I, I, actually, I think, it's quite the, I think it's quite the opposite. I feel like the guy that you want to go after is the best guy on the floor. So the fact that that's the first name that pops into his head is perfect. I would love to try and one-on-one with LeBron James, if if nothing else, to show me how good am I really. And that's Ant Man. You know, he's yeah. taking his game to another level. The man is he's, he's a little he's a little cocky, but right now deserves to be because he's he's playing great basketball. Yeah, he's he is. best team in basketball right yeah, now. Yeah, one of the best teams in the NBA right now. <laughs> and, and, and so, man, look, I ain't tripping yeah. about that. No, nor so, am I, but I just wanted to get everybody's feedback on that. All right, well, listen, this is the last show of the year. Uh, before we get to our Christmas edition. Of black crime or white crime? We got a couple small pieces of business. First starters. Who do you think when we come back on our show on the second or third, whenever we get back here, who are the two teams playing in the national championship game for college football? Oh. Go ahead, Rob. Bama and Washington. I am going to say, you know, I'm on Bama. I'm torn in this other game. I've been going back and forth. I've been rolling with Texas. Um, jeez. I'm still going to say it is going to be a rematch of earlier this season. It's going to be Bama and Texas. I would love to see Bama Washington, but I think Texas may be a little too much in the trenches for Washington. Yeah, I just think if they can protect Penix, he Texas DBs aren't good at all, you know, so they're going to get, I think they'll get exploited if they can, because that's what Washington does. They just, they, they pack 10, 12, whatever it is, school, and no, no pack, whatever, no more. Yeah. But they pack air 12 it out. doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> a team without yeah, so, a conference. Yeah. It, it, oh, pack to be two. honest, there's like two guys yeah, left. Yeah, there's two teams pack, left. Right? Yeah, there's two teams yeah, left. They're, the, they're the going to end up yeah. playing, at least for two years, I think they're going to end up playing like a Mountain West schedule or something like that. But um, it, it really doesn't matter because I got Bama winning it all. Okay, you, you let them. You let them boys in, and once you let them in, when you let Nick Saban in, it's a, <laughs> no, that's it. And that's all yeah. Nick Saban ever needs is give me, give me a glimmer of hope. Oh, you invited is, me to the party when I shouldn't have been there. This probably. is this is like the BCS when it was LSU and Bama, and LSU beat them regular season, and then they let Bama and LSU rematch, and then Bama smoked them for the national title. Yeah, they um, I think I think LSU had like a goose egg. Yeah, no, no it was, it was one like, of LSU didn't score. No, no, no. I'm saying it was 2010. No, uh, oh, yeah, the yeah, game yeah, was yeah. like, yeah, it was like 20, nothing. 23 to nothing or 23 to yeah. three or something. It was dumb. Whatever it was. Um, <laughs> I I think I think Bama's gonna truck Michigan, and I think Texas is gonna throw everything they got at Washington, and I don't know if Washington's gonna be able to handle it. I really don't because the He's way. Like, T, the, that's the, yeah, Steve Sarkeesian is—he's gonna come up with some good shit. That he's, will gonna scheme, he's, he's gonna yeah. scheme, man. He's gonna scheme, and then I think you're gonna see a, a, a straight-up fist fight between Bama and Texas for the national title. Yeah, and I am not counting Texas out of that in any way. No, I'm not, I'm yeah. not counting them because they I took them out once. Gonna... They got them once this year. Yeah, uh, I I think that Texas has a legit shot. I'm gonna roll. Texas wins the national title. Texas comes out of nowhere, punches hey, I, Alabama I, I, in the mouth, and wins it. Hey, if Texas win it, I'm going to have to turn off my phone because I got so many friends. Oh, man, Vince Young going to blow you up for a week, me. man. VY ain't going to stop texting you. you hey, we, got, we probably got our revenge. You got <laughs> to block him. Hey, I'm going to tell you, that Rose Bowl stadium, I mean, look, Bama, Bama brings a crowd, but let me tell you something else. It, it's going to be mostly burnt orange in that building. Because this is not no, something Texas no, has seen. No, in no the Rose Bowl. No, that's the, the cha- national championship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right here in H-Town. Yeah, that's right. The, no, that's uh, the, the Rose Bowl the, is Michigan. Um, that's the Michigan. Alabama. Yeah. But that's yeah. the crazy part. If it's in H-Town, it's all Texas people. Oh, it's, gonna be, oh they're Bama in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they're in trouble anyway. <laughs> but it's yeah. close enough where I feel like, like, yeah, Bama can travel pretty well. But Man, Austin I, is... 90 minutes away. <laughs> dude, you're going to have Matthew McConaughey on the sidelines doing his little chest beating. It's going to dude, it's going to be it's going to be a scene if Texas gets yeah. back there. I think Texas got a good shot, man. For the Rose Bowls, it might be a lot of blue in that building too. Like those big those those fan bases in the Big 10 are just like Michigan, Ohio State, they're different. 
They're yeah. just different. And Texas is different too. Them two are different the way they try. I mean, they'll go to the moon if them if their team is up there. Just, I think hey, if they were playing anybody yeah, except Alabama, forget. they would have traveled probably yeah. a lot better. <laughs> exactly. There's a lot of Michigan folks that were like, you know what? We beat Ohio State this year. I think I'm going to stay home and watch this on TV. <laughs> I don't want to be there for that ass whooping. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Uh, all right, let's do Big Shot of the Week, then we're going to play our Christmas edition of Black Crime and White Crime. Um, no, no shock here. We talk about him all the time. He's a friend to everybody on the show. Big Shot of the Week is going to go to Shaq. Uh, Shaka Claus returned to Metro Atlanta, and I just thought yep. this was so cool last week. This this dude filled, and when I say filled, filled a gymnasium with mm-hmm. bikes and backpacks and toys and gifts and just gave everything away to kids in need, man. Um, he does it every year. Um, it's a cool event, but, I mean, just getting to see it and all the video and the pictures of him sitting on his big stupid Shaq throne – in the middle of all of it. Uh, but just, I mean, I think watching him just pour everything he's got into other people always inspired me to want to do more good stuff for people because that is incredible. What he pulls off every year at the holidays, probably at a time when those kids and those neighborhoods need it more than ever and those families need it. And he delivers every year. And this year was like ridiculous how much stuff. Uh, they packed into the Shaka Claus events this year. So, big shot of the week for me, Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, he remains every year one of our favorite. People. Every year, dude. Yeah, and it's like and it, what I love about uh, best about Shaq is he does this not just during you know Christmas. He does it all the time. You know, he's just he has a big heart. I know a big kid with a big heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. Big kid with a big heart. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's let's get a little Christmassy. And let's, uh, let's, all right, here we go. Oh, the stories that we have. Oh, yeah. He's back. Oh, man, why'd that come from? Christmas, <laughs> just like the ones I used to know. I mean, dang. <laughs> Where okay. those trips are. All right, we have, uh. Is this from? Is this the famous Home Alone song? Oh too? yeah, this is the Drifters yeah. version of White Christmas, one of my all-time favorite Christmas songs. Thus, um, and uh, we're gonna play our holiday edition of Black Crime or White Crime. So every crime on the sheet, uh, we have ten stories. They all involve Christmas. So we'll see how you guys do. All right, story number one: a South Carolina woman was charged with domestic violence after stabbing a man with a ceramic squirrel on Christmas Day. The woman claimed that the man fell and cut himself, but police said the stabbing occurred because she was irate that he didn't bring home beer. So uh, the South Carolina woman stabs a man with a ceramic squirrel for not bringing home beer on Christmas. <laughs> this is this Black is, this lady, is some... white lady. This is some white lady stuff because black people don't have no ceramic squirrel. I, I dude, I don't know. I've been to some eccentric homes, man. I'm just saying. Uh, hey, hey, you know, I spent a lot of time in South Carolina, and so I'm gonna go with white crime. Okay, uh, this was 44 year old Helen Ann Williams. That's a white lady. <laughs> the, the rule of three names, usually white people. All right. Uh, so you each get a point. Story number two. A ceramic two. squirrel, uh, so Who the what fuck's the got hell? a ceramic squirrel in their house? Like, you went to a store. You were like, I'm bringing that ceramic squirrel home. That's hey, for me. Hey, hey, B, if, if they didn't bring home the Hennessy, <laughs> yeah. black and white crime. <laughs> yeah, I can see, like, black people. I ain't never, I ain't never known a no black person have no ceramics get have a ceramic squirrel and oh, stab somebody. On, now I'm buying both of you a ceramic squirrel for Christmas. 
Don't bother. It will get broken in shipment. Oh, man, that oh, shit broke away here. <laughs> now it's easy to stab someone with. All right, uh, story number two. Hmm. According to police, a Florida man faked a heart attack in an aisle of a Jacksonville area Walmart. We're back to Walmart. Um, <laughs> creating a distraction so an accomplice could bolt with a shopping cart full of children's toys. The two men somehow neglected to account for security cameras, which captured every moment of the heist. Uh, black guys, white guys. Black. Black. <laughs> wow. You both were fast to the trigger on that. This was Gerard Dupree and Tara Scott, both black guys. Yeah, good job. Very good. <laughs> I'm, well, I wasn't going to say it, but I'll go ahead and say it because it's what it is. Somehow, some way, it would be us to do all of that, to scheme all that up, and then, damn, forget about the security camera. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. No, no, comments withheld. Uh, all right. <laughs> Story number three. You're each, uh, you're each two for two. Good job. Story number three. A New Hampshire man and his girlfriend were arrested after a Yuletide fight over a Nintendo Wii. The man apparently asked for a remote control airplane for Christmas, but was dismayed to receive the gaming console, and a physical fight broke out between them, police were called. Uh, so, the people that got in a fight over a Nintendo, uh, black people, white people. My goodness, this is a tough one. Just due to the fact that you said New Hampshire, I'm gonna go white. Why? Wait, you think there's no black people in New Hampshire? Not me. No, it, no, it's some. It's like four. It's, yeah, there's like four or five of them. Um, I'm gonna say white as well. Oh, great! Both go. This was the man's name, 26 year old Heath Blom. Yeah, that's about the whitest name you can get in New Hampshire. <laughs> uh, all right, so there you go. You're each three for three. All right, here we go. Story number four. A man earned the nickname, the Santa Claus Burglar, after he tried breaking into a house through the chimney. Problem is, he ultimately got stuck in the chimney, and Seattle firefighters had to come to the rescue, chopping away chimney bricks for 45 minutes. The medics finally freed the 23-year-old, who strangely claimed he was just trying to retrieve his backpack. Uh, that's why he got stuck in the chimney. Uh, he was sentenced to 17 months in prison. So Seattle man tries to rob a house by going in through the chimney. Black guy, white guy. And he was dressed as Santa Claus? No. They just called okay. him the Santa Claus burglar because he got, got stuck in the freaking chimney. This has um <laughs> this has faint this is a this this has faint resemblance of Friday after next and Ricky Smiley. <laughs> oh my without, god. Without without getting the guy being dressed up as yeah, Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say black. Okay. Uh I want to say that, but, you know, Seattle is one of my favorite cities. I'm going to go with white. Okay. Uh, this gentleman's name was Sean Chanel. Black guy. Uh, stuck in the <laughs> chimney. So, harp goes up 4-3. Uh, all right. Story number five. By the way, you're going in through the chimney. Break a freaking window. What are you doing, man? Um, all right. Story number five. A Louisiana man. Uh, was dreaming of a slithery snake-filled Christmas after he was charged with stealing three snakes and a cash register from a Louisiana pet store. Police canvassed the area and located a vacant building uh, with a makeshift bed, three snakes, and a jail ID card with the suspect's name on it. So, black guy, white guy, breaks into a pet store on Christmas, steals three snakes and a cash register. I got to go to white guy because I don't see too many brothers other than Dwight Howard that hangs out with like, <laughs> Dwight Howard have a lot of snakes? Yeah, he has like, what, 32 snakes or something crazy Does like that? Does he really? Yes. Oh, that's just... Oh, that's not that's not the way that I thought you were going with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Um... <laughs> Harp was going for the manaconda. <laughs> anyway, when you brought up Dwight, I was like, Lord, where's he going with this? Yeah. Um... <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna go. Them black and white folks down in Louisiana different. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> they are. No, the Bayou's. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go white. All right, and Rob, you said white as well. Yes, sir. Uh, this was Donald Lagasse Jr. as a white guy. 
Yeah, good know. job. All right, so point DJ. All right, Harp's still up 5-4. Here we go. Oh, perfect. Um, we're back in Seattle. Uh, story number six. A Seattle man who gave his girlfriend a fillet knife for Christmas was treated oh, at a local hospital for stab wounds the following day. Uh, detectives at the Everett Police Department Major Crimes Unit believe the woman, 18, stabbed her boyfriend after being given the knife as a holiday gift. Black folks, white folks. The woman this is very vague. The woman who was gifted a fillet yes. knife and then I stabbed know, right? her husband with it. This is a vague one because it, it, it didn't give a reason at all. No, yeah, the story doesn't cite why she stabbed him. It just said a fight broke out and she used the fillet knife to stab him. And, and the reason why... Is she tried important. to slit his throat but failed. That's morbid as shit. I kind of left that out. What? Yeah, she tried to slit his throat and ended up just stabbing him in the neck. And he was okay. He survived. I know, this is some morbid shit. Happens on Christmas. I want to say... I want to say... I want to say white. Okay. Rob's I'm torn. A, I'm gonna go... I, I'm I'm gonna I'm go black because she probably pissed that that's not what she wanted. You get me a fucking knife for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you what we use these for in this house. <laughs> um, point goes to uh, B Dog Brandon Harper. That was a white woman. Yeah, <laughs> that was a white lady. Oh, here you go. Harps up six four. Uh, all right, story number seven. We got ten stories by the way. Christmas related crime. Story number seven. A BMW SUV was pulled over on the Ohio Turnpike and a drug-sniffing dog indicated the presence of contraband. A probable cause search revealed 30 pounds of hydroponics marijuana wrapped up as Christmas gifts worth about an estimated $192,000. Uh, was the driver of this SUV who had 30 pounds of weed wrapped up as Christmas gifts uh, black guy, white guy? Black guy. Black split decision again the point once again goes to b-dog brandon harper that was a black dude <laughs> because it would be us you said white guy i thought i said black oh did you say black no, guy said black. oh did he I oh black, yeah. i misheard yeah my bad okay i, I, I had so a you feeling just get a point he it would be us to put some marijuana wrapping gifts and it'd be marijuana <laughs> Hey, he, hey, he going out and give that for presents. Like, I'm not, I'm not trafficking. I'm giving <laughs> no, this away this as is, gifts. This is presents for people. What are you talking about? What did you think my mom wrote on her list? I want a big box full of weed for Christmas. Uh, all right, story number eight. Harps winning seven five at the moment. A man in Texas was arrested for criminal trespassing after he showed up outside of a church and told children Santa Claus wasn't real during a breakfast with Santa Claus event. <laughs> The man, the man refused to leave, and when uh, and when it, when he was asked, and the police were called to remove him from the event. So the guy who showed up in Texas to tell kids there was no Santa at a breakfast with Santa event. Black guy, white guy. I'm a, I'm gonna say black guy, okay. because you know if I'm shooting Santa, of course is white. And he didn't want them lying to the black kids. So oh, like, okay. real. So this was you're, you're drawing it down racial lines. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's not like this game is racist at all. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was where the line was drawn, right there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say black as well. Oh, you're both going black. This was 31 year old Aaron Eubanksky, white guy. Uh, extremely white name. Eubanksky. Eubanksky. <laughs> yeah. I broke my streak. Yeah, he did. Uh, it's still winning, though. 7-5. All right, here we go. Uh, story number nine. A man in La Quinta, California, was caught on camera showing up at someone's doorstep and stealing Christmas lights off the porch and the lawn. The incident was caught on Ring Video. The total amount of Christmas lights stolen and reported to police was $30. So who who's who's being searched for by police for stealing thirty dollars worth of Christmas lights off of somebody's porch? I'm going white guy. Okay. I'm going black. And Harp's going black. Split decision. Rob trying to gain a little traction. Instead, he takes another step back. It was an unidentified black man. <laughs> it 
was. It was at nighttime. How do we know he was really black or white? I don't know. They caught him on ring video. They, I mean, they haven't, they haven't caught the guy yet, so he's elusive, if, any, if nothing else. But, uh, all right, last story. Uh, here we go. Ready? It's Christmas morning. It's 12.30 a.m., and of course a fight breaks out at the Waffle House. We're back at Walmart or Waffle House again. <laughs> Several people were involved in the brawl. Some of the people trying to break up this fight were wearing Santa hats. The man at the center of the brawl claims he was just trying to eat and was charged with damage to real property, assault, and battery, and simple misdemeanor of possession of marijuana. So, dude's trying to have breakfast at the Waffle House, huge fight breaks out, he somehow gets into the middle of it. Uh, he's the one arrested. Black guy, white guy. Christmas morning, 12 Hey, if he just trying to eat, he got arrested for doing nothing. Black guy. <laughs> All the hey man, when I, 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 I get arrested, I was just trying to eat. <laughs> all he was trying to do was enjoy his All Star. Yeah, <laughs> it's 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 a black guy. It's and black. Uh, when I say it, not me. Dang, that was a black guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a black guy. <laughs> that dude's just trying to eat a waffle, and a bunch of idiots in Santa hats break into a fight. Somehow he gets arrested because he got weed on him. That's some that's some bullshit, man. <laughs> Jasmine Jackson, black dude. Merry Christmas to all, and all a good night, unless you're trying to eat a waffle at 12.30 in the morning. The Waffle House has a black man. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.